0: This message is part of the teaching provided by House on the Rock Fellowship, a church caring for the Miami Valley region. Before you listen, be sure to access the notes in the download section of the message page. Have a Bible ready. Thank you for being our guest. Last week, if you weren't able to be with us, you can go to com, and I taught a message on building your life upon the rock that is Jesus Christ. There's only one foundation, which is Jesus Christ. I said that, didn't I? I said that. You have to build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And I said, come back for the rest of the messages. And I did not build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And what happened to the house? It fell down, right? So when I push this over, no, it won't fall, right? It was built upon the foundation as Jesus Christ, right? What? <laughs> Guests, I apologize. Everyone who is here, you were all surprised by that, weren't you? It said, built upon the foundation it is Jesus Christ. And I built my house upon the foundation as Jesus Christ. It's almost as if the story has to continue and that there needs to be more. And this is going to sound heretical, but I'm right. There's more to building a life upon the foundation that is Jesus Christ. Because I can build my life upon Jesus Christ. I can be baptized. I can go to church. I can own a Bible. I can sing songs. I can even dress up on Sunday morning. Because that's the real sign that you're spiritual. okay? I can do all of those things and yet my life can crumble at the slightest sound of storm, can't it? Because anybody who knows anything about construction will tell you that that just like that is not a good foundation. Why? It's missing something, isn't it? Because what? I know that's not how you do it. What does it need? That stone has to be stuck to the foundation. Yes, you need to build on that foundation, but you need to stick it there. It needs to cling. It needs to adhere. It needs to hold fast. Hold fast. Have any Navy boys and girls in here? nice shirt, Bob McGee. What's your shirt say? What's it mean to hold fast? You're going to hold on. You're going to cling to. No matter what happens, we're going to hold fast. So even if the storm comes, do I need to hold fast? Even if the storm gets really bad, do I need to hold fast? Yeah, yeah. So if you were with us last week, and I'm glad that you were, if you weren't able to be here, we talked about how important it is to make sure that your foundation is Jesus Christ. There's only one foundation. The Apostle Paul said that. Are you building upon Jesus Christ? And with what materials are you using to build? Because this is a whole lot better than this. This will last the judgment, and this will not. If you weren't able to be here, again, you can go to whohishouseintherock.com and you can listen to that. But the question is today, not what are you building with, but how are you building on that foundation that is Jesus Christ? Let's take it one more step this morning, okay? To help us do that, we need to take a look at the city of Rome. Rome 2,000 years ago. Rome, Rome was going through an entire renaissance, an architectural renaissance. It's within that period, just leading up to the life of Christ and for a couple hundred years after the life of Christ, that they learned how to do something that catapulted them forward in the area of construction and architecture. Okay, Carmen, could you bring up the Colosseum? How many are familiar with that image? Maybe not that specific one, but you've seen the building before. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? That thing was designed to hold 75,000 people. They could put aquatic battles and reenactments in there. It's an amazing feat of construction. And it was built almost 2,000 years ago. And it's still there. That's amazing. Because they learned how to use what we now call Roman cement, a mix of a few compounds like lime and volcanic ash that when combined with water makes a very, very, very excellent mortar so that you can shape stone and you can stick stone one to another, so much so that you can build something that will last because they learned how to hold fast. Carmen, bring up the Pantheon. This is the Pantheon, literally means all gods, uh, a building, a temple to the worship of all gods known at that time. And what's amazing is the Pantheon is the largest, unsupported, unreinforced dome in the world. Look up images of Pantheon, Rome, and it's a massive dome with a giant oculus in the center. It's the biggest one in the world. It's almost as old as the Colosseum is. You know how they learned to do that? How to build something that lasts? They learned how to hold fast. If you want a faith that lasts, you must learn how to hold fast. The same time that Rome is going through this renaissance of construction, There is within the capital of Rome a small community of Jesus followers. And unfortunately, their life is crumbling around them. While Rome is building up, they're doing everything that they possibly can to stay the course. They experience tremendous persecution. Depending on the political system, they're being hunted, they're being martyred, and the pastor of that community is very concerned that they're going to crumble underneath the weight of the time, that the storm will, if you will, blow them right over, that they will not be able to hold fast. And so he writes them a letter. Much of the congregation in Rome are Jewish followers of Jesus Christ. Why does that matter? Because what happens, what is our natural tendency when things get bad? Our natural habit, when things get difficult, we have a habit of doing what? Running home to mama. Running back to what we're familiar with, right? When things get hard, I like to run back. To where I remember safe, where I remember secure. And the writer to the book of Hebrews, these, these Jewish followers of Jesus, are, he's very concerned. The pastor's very concerned because they want to go back to their Jewish habits. Like, hey, following the law is what saved us. The sacrifices is, is what saved us. Moses is what saved us. The temple, that's where deliverance is, right? And he writes, no, 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 no. You need to hold fast. You need to hold fast. So I think a very simple, small thing that he taught them will be very helpful for us this morning. Because many of us, oh yeah, you know what your foundation is. Sure, you were baptized. Oh yeah, you even went to the altar. You even know some songs on K-Love. And that's the real measure of faith. But at the slightest sound of storm, everything crumbles around you and you don't know what to do. So, take out the book of Hebrews. Don't actually tear it out. Find, find Hebrews, the book of Hebrews. It's in your Bible. It might be easier to start in the back and work forwards. Revelation, and then Jude, 3 John, 2 John, 1 John, 2 Peter, 1 Peter, James, then Hebrews. Just go that way. You'll find Hebrews chapter 10. That's the book of Hebrews, big 10, small 23. Big 10, small 23. If you don't have a Bible, they're located in the seats in front of you. You can have a copy. If you would like to have a copy of the Bible, we're very excited to give that to you. The verse will also be up on the screen. Carmen, could you bring it up? And it simply says this. Let's all read it together. Could we do that? If you're online, read it out loud. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Yeah, that's the answer. That's the answer this morning. And that's also the problem, isn't it? It's the answer and it's the problem all at the same time. Here is a church that wants to fall apart, that wants to crumble, that that is struggling to resist the culture and the wave that's coming against them. And the pastor says to them, you know what you need to do? You need to hold fast to the confession of your hope without wavering because he who promised is faithful and you're like i have no idea what you're talking about that's almost as if you come up to me after church pastor can i talk to you absolutely you can talk to me pastor my marriage is falling apart i understand you need to hold fast to the confession of your hope without wavering because he who promises is faithful and excuse me that's right brother you need to hold fast to the confession of your hope without wavering because he who promises is faithful I just told you my marriage is falling apart. I know, I told you what the answer is. The answer is you need to hold fast to the confession of your hope without wavering because he who promises is faithful. And you get up and you leave much more upset and frustrated than had you come down in the first place. You come up to me and say, hey, pastor, can I talk to you? Dude, I don't know what's up with my kids, but they have like demons. Like, yeah, they probably do. What do I do? You know what you need? You need to hold fast to the confession of your hope without wavering because he who promises is faithful. What? hmm. Say it with me. You need to hold fast to the confession of your hope without, without wavering because he who promises is faithful. And, and you're leaving, like, dude, he's nuts. You come up to me, Pastor, I'm having problems at work. Pastor, I'm having problems with my finances. Pastor, I read the Bible. I don't understand it. Pastor, I look at the news. I'm so concerned about what's happening in the Middle East and what's happening in Ukraine and what's happening within our culture and politics. Pastor, I don't know what to do. You know what you need? You need to hold fast to the confession of your hope without wavering. Why? For he who promised is faithful. That's the answer. But that's the problem. Because you have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? I don't mean that to sound smug or disrespect who you are. But It's kind of like when I was having engine problems with my journey. You guys have been following me with a few weeks. This is the ongoing struggle of my life. I share my problems with you. I'm cursed to get problems, and you're cursed listening to me talk about them. Okay? <laughs> My engine started going, which is just, as far as I know, that's not a good thing. And so I take it to the shop and I'm like, yep, four thousand dollars will take care of that for you. And so I brought in a, a mechanic here in the fellowship, and he listened to it and says, "That's your problem right there. That's it right there." I'm like, "Oh, I thought so too." That's what I thought. The thingy was making the thingy do bad things. He says, Yeah, that's a lifter. Problem is, you're having a problem with the lifter. And you're having problems with that. That's the rocker arm for the lifter. I'm like, Yeah, I knew that. I knew that. Because this. Was having a problem with this, it was having a problem with other much more expensive things in the engine. But isn't it interesting? This was the answer, but to me it was just a problem. Because I had no idea what that was. Had I known this? Had I been able to? Hmm. So for you this morning, there is a problem. And the answer is very simple. The storm, the wave, the crisis. Pick your poison. All you need to do is hold fast to the confession of your hope without wavering. Because he who promised is faithful. So this morning, why don't we take that apart? But to take it apart, we have to do it backwards. Because that makes sense, right? Right? But that's what you have to do when you fix an engine, right? First you have to take it apart so you can put it back together again. So we're going to start at the end. What does it mean, for he who promised is faithful? For he who promised is faithful. I need to understand the he. I need to understand the promise. I need to understand what's faithful. This passage comes towards the end of a sermon. It's kind of like taking the end of a sermon and just assuming that you know what happened before it, right? Pulling out a soundbite and being able to put it inside of context. If you turn a little bit earlier in the book of Hebrews and go to chapter six, maybe it'll give us some insight. Hebrews chapter six, for he who promises faithful. Earlier in chapter six, The writer of Hebrews says this. Remember, this is a sermon. Hebrews 6, verse 13. For when God made a promise ah, 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 to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you, multiply you, and thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. Okay, I'm getting a little context here. He, who's the one who makes these promises? Who's the one who's faithful? We're talking about God. Okay, the answer is I need to know something about God. And God makes promises and he keeps them. And the writer says, hey, remember Abraham? I remember Abraham. Abraham, Abraham. 100 years old, God comes and says, I will turn you into a great nation. And Abe's like, dude, that's awesome. No kids. Wife can't have kids. How's that even going to happen? I promise you'll have a kid. And because he who made a promise is faithful, Abraham and Sarah had a kid. And then to take it even a little bit farther, once Isaac was a little bit older, God comes and says, hey, I want you to sacrifice your kid to me. And God says, "What I want you to sacrifice your kid to me." And Abraham says, "Oh, what I I know. He who promised is faithful. So I will take my son on a little journey. Son, we're going to go for we're going to go to that mountain. Why? Because he who promised is faithful. And we go up that mountain, knowing Abraham says, "I need to sacrifice my son, but that's okay. Why? Because he who promised is faithful. And I'm going to lay my son upon those sticks and I'm going to sacrifice my son. But I know something. What do I know? That he who promised is faithful." And I not, might not understand what God is doing in this moment. I might not understand why he would ask me to do this. Thing, but I do know this, that he who promised is faithful. Dad, what are you doing? Hold on, son. He who promised is faithful. And as that knife comes down, he who promised is faithful. And the son was saved. And a sacrifice was made. And through Abraham and Isaac, a great nation was given birth. Why? is he who promised was faithful. Now, the preacher could have anchored them in any story, right? He's referencing Abraham as the source and the father of the faith because, hey, if anyone knew that God keeps his promises, it's Abraham. But he he could have told the story of Moses, right? Moses leading the people through the Red Sea, right? Right? What? He who promises faithful, led them out of bondage, led them through the Red Sea into the promised land. Could have told them the story of David on the run from Saul. The man who wrote poem after poem after poem about what? The fact that God who, is, who made the promises faithful. And he says that to remind them, in the midst of your storm, In the midst of the crisis that you're experiencing, as you're watching leaders get arrested, as you're watching brothers and sisters be sacrificed for political gain, as you're struggling to gather together as a faith community in the pagan center that is Rome, you must hold on to the reality that he who promised is faithful, that Jesus is the answer, that what Jesus done upon the cross is the answer, that he has cleansed us of our sin. He has healed us of the corruption and treason that we levied against God. God said, he promised, and he's faithful. So when it comes to a life that lasts and holding fast, you need to hold fast to what? He who promised is faithful. Now that has to go somewhere. That needs to manifest itself in three areas of my being. I need to know that here in my heart space, the very center of my being, where I live, because I love God with all my heart, right? I need to know that here. I need to know it here. That's a thing I need to know. That needs to work itself out here in how I live my life. It's the difference between somebody who has walked an aisle, someone who can say a prayer, someone who knows that their foundation is Jesus Christ versus someone who has taken that reality and cemented themselves to that fact and that principle. I know that he who promised is faithful. I know that he who promised is faithful. I live that he who promised is faithful. What is, what is that? He calls it a confession of hope. It's confession of hope. It's those, that, that body of beliefs and principles and promises that we cling to, that secure us to who God is and what God does. And it's to that which we cling and that mandate, that command, is, is throughout your New Testament. It's throughout the Old Testament. And I just want to, I want to show you some of the, these hold fast passages. Carmen's going, we're going to work our way through them. They're actually also written on the back of your message notes, if you want to look them up later. Carmen, could you bring up the first one? Uh, 1 Corinthians 11. Now I commend you. Because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions even as I delivered them to you. That word maintain, to maintain the traditions, same word that you see in the book of Hebrews. Here it's just translated as maintain. In the book of Hebrews it's translated as hold fast. In the Greek word it's katechao. You're like, now you're showing off. Some faith traditions pronounce it this way. Catechism. How many of you grew up in a tradition where they teach catechism? Absolutely. Absolutely. Where do they get that word from? The Bible. It means to hold fast. And those of you who have gone through, okay, how many went through one year of catechism? Hold your hand up. You did it. Own it, dude. How many of you went through two years of catechism? Yeah? All right. How many did three? Yeah, there she is. My mom went through three years of catechism, Lutheran. Yeah, dude, poor girl. <laughs> three years, right? Probably. Yeah, what's that? It's just, it keeps on going, going. A good church doesn't. Yeah, what are we always doing? We're always catechizing the faith. We're always learning how to hold fast to the faith. That's what it means. It means to hold fast. And so if you were to go to a catechism program, a faith tradition that has catechism, what are you learning to do? You are learning to cling to the truth, which means there's a lot of memorizing involved. You need to memorize passages and ideas and secure them to your being. And so when it says you maintain the traditions you have memorized and cling, you cling to the things that you've been taught. Awesome. Uh, Carmen, can you bring up another one? It's the second Thursday. Different church. Completely different church. No, he says the same thing. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold fast. Catechize the traditions that you are taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. Check that out. That's awesome. That's good preaching right there. Okay? He says, hey, brothers, sisters, you need to stand firm and cling to the traditions that we taught, that you heard whether we spoke it to you or we wrote it out to you. You need to hold on to those. You need to cling to those. Carmen, can you bring up the one in 1 Corinthians 15? Uh, I did this one, I taught this at Easter, but I didn't, I didn't bring up this particular part of it. He's talking about the things that are of first importance, that the gospel by which you're being saved, if you... If you what? Hold fast to the word I preach to you. Here's the heart. No, no, let's keep going. Let's just keep doing it. Then, then, then we'll do it. Um, Come and bring up another one. What else you got? Psalm, uh, yeah, 119. We just read this together. Cling to your testimonies. I cling to them. I hold fast to them. Let me not be put to shame. Do you have the one from Proverbs four? 4? I just gave him a whole like, a bunch of verses. I just like... Yeah, he taught. so the book of Proverbs, it begins, it's a series of sermons, father to son, okay? Father preaching to a son. Look what the father says. He he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast to my words. Keep my commandments and live. Son, you know what you need to do? You need to hold fast to the things that I taught you. Hold fast to them. Cling to them. Make them a part of you. Let them inhabit your being. Sad thing is, many of you. Some of you. No, that's that's insulting. I apologize. Some of you come and you hear my sermons. You do not hold fast to my sermons, and you leave none the different. We hear things. We don't hold fast to things. And we leave no different. Maybe worse, because that knowledge puffs us up, and we're arrogant until the storms come, and what happens? What happened? I wore fancy clothes to church. I listened to Love on the drive, and why is my life falling apart? You did not hold fast. One of my favorite uses of that term, catechism, catecheo, is when Jesus talks about the soil. He, he talks about people who hear his teaching and he compares it to four types of hearts. Those who hear the word, but birds come and they, they grab it and they fly off with it, right? You remember that talking about how Satan wants to take the word out of your heart. Or he talks about other soil that's hard, hard soil, or some soil that where things grow up because there's no root, weeds come and choke it. Those who are obsessed with consumerism, those who are, who are consumed with bigger and better and the flashy things of life, and their faith doesn't grow. But he says, oh, but the good soil, this is Luke chapter eight, verse 15. The good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold fast to it. with a good heart, a pure heart and bear fruit with much patience. You see the connection, those two H words? They hear it and they hold fast to it. They hear it and they hold fast to it. That's why I said in the beginning That's bad building. That's not enough. That's not enough. The slightest storm. Slightest, slightest wind. The slightest temptation. And you fall every time. How can your faith last if you will not hold fast? What do we need to do? Let me make a suggestion. And we'll use what it says in Luke chapter 8 verse 15 and what we heard in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. Holding fast to what? That confession of hope without wavering because he who promised is faithful. You need to have a habit of reading God's word. You need a habit of reading God's word. It starts there. We are blessed in this age with as much literacy as we have, accessibility that we have, you can be reading the Bible on a regular basis. We as a church family are in the habit of reading together. Have you been reading with me? Hey, finishing up Leviticus, right? Woo woo! Yeah, some of you are so excited. Got through that. What a hot mess. I love that book. That's an awesome book. Leviticus is awesome. Holy cow. Awesome. good stuff. Love the Legitimus. Here you're in the middle of Titus, you're getting a hold of Titus. Now you're messing around with Ecclesiastes. Talk about that guy was depressed. That guy, whoever wrote Ecclesiastes, he had a dark day. He was not in a happy place. Like, everything stinks. Everything's bad. Might as well just follow God because it's all going to fall apart anyways. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. You're reading through the Psalms, these poems of of honesty and and worship and and lament and confession. Such good stuff. You need to have a habit of reading. If you don't have a habit of reading Scripture, inside your notes there's a tear-off. On the back side of that is a reading guide. You can read with us on a regular basis. But in addition to reading, you need to add remembering. Okay? R- write that down. <laughs> Read, remember. Read, remember. Let me illustrate. Let me illustrate. This would be fun. Imagine it's a zombie apocalypse. Don't you love that transition? Isn't that great? Like, Kind of a hard turn there, wasn't it, Paul? No, no. Imagine if you want a zombie apocalypse. Like you just wake up out of nowhere and you're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, okay? There's TV shows about this, video games about this, apps about this. Just imagine it's a zombie apocalypse. You are all by yourself in the middle of this storm and all these forces of evil are trying to devour and destroy you and you have nothing. You got nothing. You're going to have to survive. You need food and you need shelter and you need a way of defending yourself, Okay? you need food, you need shelter, you need a way of defending yourself. As the forces of evil come against you, you're going to need something to eat, you're going to need shelter, and you're going to need a way to keep them back. Okay, you with me? The seed that you have to plant is based on the number of verses you have memorized from the Bible. The mortar and stone that you have to build is based on the promises of Scripture that you've hidden in your heart. And the arrows in your quiver are based on the principles of God that you've held fast to your soul. How long are you going to survive the apocalypse? That would be bad. The seed that you have, the blocks to build, the arrows to defend are solely based on the verses that you have held fast to your soul. Because you don't have a Bible to open up. You don't have an app you don't have a phone. There is no K love. There is no church fellowship. There is no gathering. There are no books. You are alone in the apocalypse. I want to know how long you're going to survive. Many of you, my men, my brothers, my comrades in faith, you would preach to me about being prepared wouldn't you? You would preach to me about being prepared. That there's a storm coming, pastor. I was listening to so-and-so's podcast. It's getting bad out there. You would preach to me. Pastor, we need to be prepared. And you've, you've got totes Ready? You've got meals ready. You've got boxes of ammo ready. So that when it hits the fan, you and yours are safe. And my brother, I ask you, you're in the apocalypse now. How safe are yours How much seed do you have stored away? How much blocks do you have to build with? How many arrows are in your quiver? I confess, I'm not as good at this as I wish I was. I like to play a good game. I like to look good up here, right? I like to, you know, I'll show off a little bit. I'll spout off a few verses so it looks like I have myself together. I like to put myself, I want to, you know, if you gave me a sheet of paper, I would be humbled. I could not write down as much as I possibly would like to write down. I mean, I could put down, I could, I could list out some verses. I could, I could go at it. Hey, Jesus wept. <laughs> it's in the Bible. Memorized it. Jesus wept. That's, that's, yeah. That, that's that's helpful, well done. I don't know. Sure, sure. Every yep, maybe yep, maybe in the apocalypse that'll be helpful for you, knowing that Jesus swept. God helps them that helps themselves. Yet yeah, not in the Bible. <laughs> not not in the Bible. Yeah, just do it. Yeah, that's the tagline for Nike. That's you're not getting anywhere. Okay, you just you're not. How about this? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. You can feed a family on that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. I love this part. He restores my soul. How about this? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? You're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You could build a pretty good shelter with that one. You could build a pretty good shelter with that one. What is it that Jesus used under the flaming attacks of Satan? Jesus came back with scripture. Read it. Remember it. It's one of the reasons if you were to come to our foundations program on Sunday evenings that we started last week, helping students, adults, anchor themselves, anchor is the key word, anchor themselves in the foundation of Jesus Christ. We call it foundations. It's really just catechism. It's the same thing. I use the word foundation so that people who didn't go through catechism and thinks it's a demon thing don't get offended. I just changed the label. It's exactly, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's a foundational, it's a rooting them in. If they get questions, they get answers, they get verses. Here's, one of, here's the very first question that they're asked. Where were you meant to be? You know how important that question is? Think about that. Who were you meant to be? With all the lies You are told by culture, the wave that comes against you. Who are you meant to be? How does the story start? You ask my son that, he'll tell you because he's in the program. A good image bearer of God that knows and lives with God, that loves and glorifies him. I've asked Ryan, Ryan's in the program, what were you meant to be? Good image bearer of God, knows, lives with God, loves and glorifies him. That's the answer. To cling to that, no matter what wave comes against me, I can hold on to the fact that I was made to be a good image bearer of God. What's the human condition? What happened? What happened? We're cut off from God through self-centered treason and corruption. That's the biblical answer to that question. Go throughout all scripture. You want to know what happened? We're cut off from God. How? Through self-centered treason and corruption. Which is why you can come up to me with any chaos that you've got and you want to know the answer to that? Yep, that's self-centered treason and corruption. My marriage is falling apart. Yep, self-centered treason and corruption. Dude, everything at work? Yep, self-centered treason and corruption. What about my alcoholism? Self-centered treason and corruption. What about my bad parenting? Self-centered treason and corruption. We have cut ourselves off. We are cut off from the root that is God. Which means what's going to happen to the tree? She's going to die through self-centered treason and corruption. And then they're asked a third question last week. They're all going to give these back to us tonight. Hey, what can you do about it? Can you fix it? No. No, you can't. Enter the promise maker, right? For he who promised is faithful. Amen? Reading, remembering, remembering. Rehearsing, going with, running with the R's. I was feeling a little Baptist when I wrote this, okay? Reading, remember, rehearse. To tell it back to myself. I preach to myself every morning. Oh, remember these things. I run, hey, for I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ, God's only son, our Lord, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness, of sins, the resurrection, the body, and the life everlasting. I'm going to renew myself in the story. I'm going to refresh myself in the story. I'm going to remember Psalm 91. I'm going to go through Psalm 23. I'm going to go through the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to ask for God's provision and safety and his guidance. I'm going to rehearse these things. Because I don't know what storms going to come against me. I don't know what storm is going to come against my people. I read it. I remember it. I rehearse it. And then next week, I retell it. I retell it. To the builders who are coming after me, after I've laid my course, after I've put down my line of bricks, I'm teaching my son, I'm teaching you, we're teaching each other, to walk into the lives and say, hey, he who promised is faithful. Hold fast to the confession of faith without wavering that I taught you. Stand firm in these things. Thank you for sharing your time with us and we'd love for the journey to continue. If you're a guest, would you consider reaching out to us? We would love to come alongside and encourage you in any way that we can. If you're someone who's joined us today and you are desperately reaching to find hope wherever you can, again, Jesus came that we would find hope. You can find hope today. If you want to send us a short note, a member of our HOPE team would reach out quickly, promptly, to come alongside and see what we can do to encourage you in whatever storm you might find yourself in. That's why Jesus came, and that's why we're here. Jesus said there's two ways to live your life, and a wise man, a wise woman, builds their life on Jesus's instructions. God bless.